Was the reformer Martin Luther innovating or in error when he added the word alone to Romans 3.28, for we hold that one is justified by faith alone apart from works of the law? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. Journal. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. Donna Harrison details her journey to confessional Lutheranism from Catholicism, Scientism, Mysticism, and Evangelicalism. The free online Issues Etc. Journal. Just click the red Journal subscription button at issuesetc.org. Think about it this way. For the vast majority of human history, when a woman was ready to give birth, she didn't call the doctor. There weren't things like doctors as we know them today. She didn't get in the cart and go to the hospital. No, they called the midwife. She came to the house. The children were born at home. I'm not talking about ancient history. I'm talking about several generations back in our own country. So what is the vocation of a midwife? Welcome back to Issues Etc. On this Wednesday, October the 9th, Sandra Bolzman joins us. She's owner and operator of Homespun Beginnings based in Millington, Michigan. She's been a midwife for 15 years. Sandra, welcome. Thank you. What is the appeal of employing a midwife and home birth? Well, I think most people tend towards home birth who want an intimate and relational type of birth as opposed to something under bright lights with lots of strangers in and out of the room. And that part of midwifery care is building relationships with our clients. And birth is a very intimate event, and we don't always want to do that where a lot of strangers are around. How many births have you assisted? About 620 in the last 15 years. I'm glad you said assisted. Because a lot of people ask how many babies I've delivered, and I say, I only delivered my own babies. We make the moms deliver their babies. Why do you say that? Just because they do the work. We just encourage them and keep them going. We don't deliver the babies. They have to give birth to their babies, and it's hard work, and they're very satisfied usually when they accomplish that. So what's the main difference between giving birth with a midwife and giving birth in a hospital setting? Oh, there's lots of differences. Like I already mentioned, the difference of just being around friends as opposed to strangers, bright lights. The medical setting isn't always most conducive to letting your body function the way we believe it's meant to function. At home, gals are able to move around. They're not strapped to a bed with a monitor. They're able to eat. They can work whatever positions they most comfortable. Well, labor is not comfortable, but changing positions can make their bodies more able to work through it and for them to tolerate the contractions easier. So just things like that, bright lights. We usually have dim lights at home. We want moms to feel that they're in control. When baby's coming down and there's a lot of pressure down, that head's starting to crown, we often will put warm compresses on that tissue. That helps it to stretch easier. They're less likely to tear. It's just less trauma to their bodies and less trauma to the babies. Why do you say that giving birth is not necessarily a medical event? Well, that's because I believe that God created a woman's body, and he designed and created this body to give birth and to be a mother. And we all know that our bodies function most efficiently 
when we're calm and relaxed and when you get uptight, your blood pressure goes up, your pulse rate goes up. And when you move to the hospital, sometimes that stalls labor out. We believe that it's just a natural event. And given its time and relaxation, it will move forward in the most intervention-free method. Birth is meant to happen. We don't usually send women in for a lot of problems with conception until they've been trying for a while and haven't been able to conceive, and then they get medical help. And at the other end of birth, we have a hard time in this country and our culture believing that if the body can conceive the baby, it's also able to deliver it. But we just like people to give confidence in their own bodies and their own ability. And we trust in God to make it work. So what kind of medical training does a midwife have? There's different varieties of midwives. There's certified nurse midwives who have gone through midwifery school, and they're able to have hospital privileges. I'm what's considered a direct entry midwife, and my training is through apprenticeship. So I had babies of my own. I read and studied and read everything I could on birth for many years. I was in study groups. And then when my youngest child was five, I started in midwifery as an apprenticeship with a midwife who was my midwife when I was having my babies at home. So the first three to four years of that is the apprenticeship. And then after that, I you know, had enough skill and enough experience that I started getting my own primary clients. And I still do a lot of births with the other midwife. But the laws on home birth and midwifery vary from state to state. A lot of them now are requiring midwives to go through a certified midwifery program. A lot of that is classes online. Most of the midwifery schools are online. And then along with that, they still are required to find a practicing midwife that they work along with and do the apprenticeship type thing to get their skills. And I currently do have a student working with me that's working towards becoming a midwife. What if there is a medical emergency? Well, that's such a broad question. (laughs) There's a variety of things that sometimes are thought to be emergencies that sometimes at home can be dealt with quite easily. I don't know. When people ask me that, I always say, like, what kind of an emergency? What scares you about home birth? The biggest emergency is mom's bleeding at the time of birth. We always like to have two midwives at a birth or two trained people because right at the time of birth is the most critical time. We've got to make sure the baby starts breathing and that mom doesn't bleed out. So one person pays attention to mom and one person pays attention to baby. But we have very alert and active babies. We Our babies that are born at home hardly ever need any stimulation to breathe because they're not drugged. They haven't had any of the pain meds that also depresses baby's system. They're very active, but we really don't have too many emergencies. We've had some respiratory distress in an infant, but normally that kind of starts developing over They breathe right away, and then they can tell they're working to breathe. And at that point, we would transport to the hospital. If we can't control the mom's bleeding, we have some herbal things that we use, and also we have some Pitocin that we can inject to contract the uterus to stop bleeding. And if we can't control it, then, of course, that would be a hospital transport too. But for the most part, when you're at home and it's functioning the way it's supposed to and you're relaxed, it's amazing how trouble-free birth can be. What's the difference between a midwife and a doula? Well, the midwife is there to kind of manage the labor and to monitor baby. And the midwife actually is the one kind of managing the birth. Doulas primarily, especially doulas for the hospital, are advocates for the mom. They offer labor support. They provide comfort measures. 
encouragement. There's postpartum doulas also who will come in after the baby's born and help mom with maybe some of the light household chores or, you know, if mom needs to get some sleep, doula can come in and hold the baby so mom can get some sleep if she's had a couple rough days just to provide a lot of support but not really the diagnostic birth type things. Where do we find midwives in Scripture? Well, most famously in Exodus, where the midwives defied Pharaoh and didn't kill the baby boys. But Scripture is full of birth comparisons. You know, it talks about end times, as in we don't know when, the like a woman in labor, we don't know when the labor's going to start or when the baby's going to come, but we know it's going to be soon. There's just a, a lot of comparisons in Scripture to birth and babies being born and the pains of labor and but then it brings forth the joy in the end. We know that all of Scripture is about a baby's birth, so the gospel is kind of the birth of Jesus, and so the gospel and birth kind of go hand in hand in my mind. Talk about the history of midwifery, because, of course, until the the modern era of hospitals and birthing centers, midwives did it all. Yeah, yeah, they did. Birth has really only been put in the medical arena probably in the last 80 to 90 years. I mean, my mom was born at home, and my husband's mom was born at home at that point. You know, they're 90s now, or the ones that's still living, and that was kind of the norm. It wasn't until maybe into the 30s and 40s that they would have the laying in of cow hospitals for the mom where they were just more like what today's birth center would be. But really, full-fledged obstetricians and in the hospital really didn't become mainstream until the 1950s and into the 60s. But yeah, midwives have been around since the beginning of time, I believe. And the word midwife just means being with women. And women would attend to other women and help encourage them through the birth. And then sometimes there were certain women who just started doing it more and more, and they became known as the midwife. They often had studied and, you know, they understood a lot of herbal medicines and stuff and were often looked to for other medical things in communities, too. If we go back to the colonial times here in the U.S., often, well, through the Salem witch trials, a lot of the midwives were called witches because they did use herbal medicine and so on and so forth. But the medicalization of birth has really just happened in the last two generations. We're talking with Sandra Bolzman. She is owner and operator of Homespun Beginnings and a midwife for 15 years about the vocation of midwife. We'll talk about prenatal care and midwifery next. week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with Forgiveness is Proclaimed to You, Turning to the Gentiles, Signs and Wonders, We Are Men, and Through Many Tribulations. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. How do the global flood, circumcision, and the Israelites wandering in the wilderness foreshadow the baptismal flood in Christ? Find out in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for August, The Baptismal River, Studying the Sacrament Throughout Scripture. This new Bible study is published by Concordia Publishing House. 
their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or find out more about the Baptismal River at issuesetc.org. The Baptismal River, studying the sacrament throughout Scripture. Relevant worship isn't about trying to look and act like the rest of the world to appeal to the culture around us, but relevant worship is about Christ. Hope Lutheran Church of Birmingham brings you truly relevant worship, where sinners gather to hear God's word and receive his gifts of forgiveness and peace. Visit us online at hopebham.org. That's hope, B-H-A-M.org. Or give us a call at 205-956-1930. We'll see you Sunday. Luther Academy provides additional theological education for our mission partners around the world specifically pastors who are asking for additional education, but do not have the necessary resources in their own church bodies. By donating to Luther Academy today, you will be supplying food, housing, books, professors, and travel for Lutheran pastors who attend our conferences. To learn more about Luther Academy and how you can donate today, visit lutheracademy.com, lutheracademy.com. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not only does our church need men right now, but the world needs men who will proclaim the gospel in its purity. Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Peter Scare, Associate Professor of New Testament at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. If when you go to sleep at night you're thinking about it, my experience with it is this, is that thought won't go away. So if you're going to bed at night thinking about following our Lord and becoming a preacher of this gospel, then I would love if you could come and visit Fort Wayne, our campus. We'd love to show you around and show you what it is that we do. Have you ever considered becoming a pastor? Contact Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana at 1-800-481-2155, 800-481-2155, or visit ctsfw.edu. Christ-centered, cross-focused, Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're talking about the vocation of midwife with Sandra Bolzman. So, Sandra, can a midwife aid in prenatal care? Well, I do prenatal care with my gals. I don't just contract and let them know when they're having the baby and come in and catch the baby. I expect them to come to me for prenatals once a month, just like the doctors do. Through that, we talk a lot about nutrition because the single most important thing a woman can do is eat properly. That makes her stronger, makes babies stronger. The three words of wisdom is protein, protein, protein. In pregnancy, a woman needs 80 to 100 grams of protein to build a healthy baby and to keep her tissues strong and balance her hormones. And it it just mitigates a lot of problems. We have very little trouble with preeclampsia if mom's getting enough protein. Through the prenatals, we talk about nutrition. There's certain things that are considered normal in pregnancy that can be mitigated with certain supplements, certain discomforts. We do recommend chiropractic quite frequently for moms having a lot of issues with hip and back pain. It can really help. Plus, it keeps mom lined up and helps babies come out easier when everything's lined up. And the, I usually spend an hour each visit with my clients trying to, you know, get to know them. Because in midwifery and, and home birth, a lot of it's trust. They need to trust us and we need to trust them because if there's any any health issues that they've got going on they aren't telling us about, 
then they're a risk to be home because home birth is only for people who are healthy with no problems going on. So we trust them to be healthy and they trust us to give them good advice and help them through this birth and help them to be strong and get through it to the end. How do you prepare mothers for a home birth? Well, a lot of that's through the prenatals, and we do a lot of birth education. I don't have a specific childbirth education class, but through the prenatals, we talk a lot about how their body's going to change, what's going to happen when labor starts. We talk about some of the different sensations that happen in labor. We also like to educate the dads along with that. I like to have them as involved as possible. I pretty much require them to have the dad along at the first prenatal visit just to meet me and ask all their questions and, you know, when they're trying to get educated and make this decision as to where they want to have their baby. And then at the end, about a month before the baby's due, we do a prenatal visit at their home and I expect dads to be there too. And I bring in a doll and a model pelvis and I, you know, they get a visual 3D demonstration of the birth and I explain what's normal, what's not normal. A lot of things people think are abnormal that are very normal as the baby moves out. And also we want dads educated because sometimes when mom are so relaxed and feeling so good at home, their labor progresses a lot quicker than they expect. And sometimes the babies come before the midwives do. So we want dads to be prepared to deal with that. And if you're not scared, it's just a beautiful thing. It happened to me with my second home birth. The baby came so fast. It was just my husband and I, and that was my favorite birth. So what kind of postpartum care does a midwife provide? We definitely do a checkup on the baby. Somewhere after 24 hours, we try and get back, you know, 24 to 36 hours, depending on time of day and schedule. But we check up on mom. In the meantime, I'm keeping in touch by phone. But we come back, you know, check, see how baby's nursing, see how mom's feeling, if how her bleeding's doing all that stuff. We do the newborn screening, which the state likes us to do, which used to be called the PKU test, but now it's it's a little heel poke on the baby, and they're checked for over 50 different possible abnormalities that could show up, and some of them can get on a special diet can keep the baby from having health issues down the road. So we do that postpartum initially, and then I keep in touch with the moms very closely, and if they have any concerns, I tell them, you can call me any time of day or night and ask any questions postpartum. I don't want you worrying. I usually try and get back in touch with them every couple days by phone if I don't hear from them, and then at six weeks, I have them come back and see me, and if they need any help with nursing or anything in between time, we go over and, and help them with that. Is everyone cut out for a midwife or a home birth? No. (laughs) Some people are risked out just by certain health issues. Someone who's type 2 diabetes, they really need to be monitored carefully and are not recommended at home. There's different health issues that really shouldn't be done at home, but there's some things that home birth midwives are a little more willing to tackle, and that's um, vaginal birth after C-sections. A lot of gals, they really want to birth vaginally. They've had a C-section, and a lot of times the doctors don't support that too well. And we have a lot of success with very good births after C-sections. So, but no, not everyone's cut out for home birth. And if they're fearful at home, they shouldn't be home. People need to birth, and I always tell them that. I'm not going to talk anybody into a home birth. I will educate you and tell you why I think it's different and what I think is beneficial about it. But ultimately, 
you need to be where you feel safest. And some people want all the safety of the bells and whistles and all the machines at the hospital. How can the use of a midwife present a strong pro-life message? Well, I see what I do is building families. The mother births the baby, and especially for a first-time mom, she's not just birthing a baby, but she's birthing herself into motherhood and the dad into fatherhood, and it's kind of the birth of a family. And it just our our culture these days is so anti-pregnancy and anti-children that just promoting people having babies, and a lot of gals think maybe they've had one or two children already at, in the hospital and then they want one more and, and they finally talk their husband into letting them have it at home or something like that. And they have this home birth and they see how beautiful it is. And yes, birth can be beautiful. <laughs> Some people say, how can it be beautiful? But it is when the mother's body is just allowed to bring forth that child. And it's very, very joyful. And it's just the birth of a whole family. And a lot of these gals that didn't think they were going to have any more are so enthralled with that birth experience that they they just want to do it again. <laughs> they tell us this is their last one, and then two years later they call us again and want to do it again. Sonda Bowlesman is owner and operator of Homespun Beginnings based in Millington, Michigan, and she's been a midwife for 15 years. Sandra, thank you very much. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to hear the story of a TV news director fired for her pro-life efforts, Melanie Standiford, former news director for KNOP-TV in North Platte, Nebraska, will be our guest. Then we'll spend some time with Pastor John Leach, president of Truth in Love Ministry, talking about witnessing to Mormons. How do we approach them with the Word of God, and what particular stresses does Mormon theology put on them every single day? I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay tuned. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Repentance and forgiveness, sin and grace, law and gospel, more than cliches, real preaching for real people in need of hearing the real Christ. Christ for you in the divine service at St. Paul Lutheran Church of Hamill, Illinois, where we gather every Saturday night at 6 and on the Lord's Day, Sunday mornings at 7.45 and 10. Look for the Church of the Neon Cross on I-55 between exits 30 and 33. Find us on the web, stpaullutheranchurchhamill.org. St. Paul Lutheran Church of Hamill, where there is the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation for the people of God. Bahama Mama, Ocean Pacific, Paradise Island. Retreat from the heat with the shaved ice snow cone from Tropical Snow in Caseyville, Illinois. It's right across the street from Collinsville High School. Tropical Snow is open daily from 1 to 9. Premium snow, epic flavors, lots of love. Tropical Snow, 
across the street from Collinsville High School at 2134 South Morrison Avenue in Caseyville.